You're listening to ClearTrack HR Podcast, a show about employee benefits, employment law, and other topics for HR professionals. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Now here's our host, Zach Finney. Thank you for listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Finney, and our guest today has been in the employee benefits industry for over 20 years, serving both at a carrier and consultant level with a primary focus on employee benefits, auditing, and compliance. She is a certified patient protection and affordable care act professional by the national association of health underwriters and current and is a past president for the central kentucky association of health underwriters board she is the director of compliance for the bim group and about eight months ago she became our very first guest on the clear track hr podcast thanks for coming back welcome deanna sizemore thank you glad to be here and we're glad to have you back. I got a little bad news. I have not gotten any better at hosting since the last time we spoke. So I'm sure that's not true. <laughs> so I just want to lower your expectations before we even get started, if that's okay. Sounds um, great. And so today we I'd really like to get into a I guess you would say a deep dive on HSA plans as far as to the all the way from what is it to how it benefits employees and employers. Is that sound like a good subject to dig into? Sounds like a great one. All right, so let's start from the from the beginning. What is an HSA plan? That that's a very very good question to start with. So um, to determine and talk about what an HSA plan is, which is an acronym for health savings account, we really need to talk about um, what type of health plan that health savings account goes with. So that health plan that a health savings account or HSA attaches to is called a high deductible health plan. High deductible health plan typically has lower premiums, has a higher deductible and higher out of pocket, and um, it doesn't have any co-pays or um, anything prior to meeting um, your deductible. So you gotta meet deductible first, then you may have some co-pays, may have some co-insurance to get you to your out of pocket. So with those type of plans, an employer may offer what's called a health savings account. So with the health savings account, you, the individual employee and or the employer can put away money pre-tax to save and pay for medical expenses that would incur under the HSA plan, any tax dependents that you would have underneath of you and your family. So that health savings account is only for people who have a qualified high deductible health plan, which meets a certain minimum deductible. And for this year, that minimum deductible is $1,400 for self only or $28 for family and has a maximum out of pocket. And again, this year, that amount is $7,000 for single and $14,000 for family. That number usually goes up a little bit every year. And um, we watch the Department of Labor to issue that information. And um, if you are in that high-deductible health plan, you can use pre-tax dollars to put in this health savings account. That seems like that would be a absolute huge benefit. I mean, when we're thinking about how HSA plans work. I mean, how can they be used, be used as far as tax-free? What can they cover? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so it is a great benefit and it's very, it's not taken advantage of like it should be 
um, but it can be used to cover tax-free. You can cover your insurance deductible. You can um, pay for qualified healthcare expenses that your insurance plan might exclude. It can help you cover those co-payments and co-insurance after your deductible to help you reach your maximum out of pocket. You can also use it for qualified um, vision and dental expenses that may not be covered on your health plan. And, um, you know, I said earlier that you or your, and or your employer would contribute to that health savings account, but you can also have anyone else out there that wants to contribute to your HSA. Um, they can contribute to your HSA and, um, you know, you, you continue to grow that money in your account. Um, there is an annual limit and there's a, it's based on um, if you have single or family coverage. So it's important to know what your limit is so that you don't go over that. Um, and the great thing about an HSA, it's not like an FSA where you put money in, if you don't use it, you lose it. That money continues to stay in your account. Um, some have, uh, interest earnings or investment dividends that continue to grow. And as long as you're covered by a high deductible health plan, you can put money into the account, but you don't have to be covered by a high deductible plan to leave the money in that account or use the money in that account. I got you. And then when you mention excess contributions, if there's excess contributions, are those just taxed? Yes. So if you um, put more than the allowed amounts into the HSA, any excess contributions will be taxed. So for 2021, the maximum single contribution limit is $3,600. Family is $7,200. And if you're over 55, um, you can put an additional $1,000 in it. And that's another thing that when this was set up, it was really to help with medical expenses, but also have an avenue for retirement income. So that's why if you're over 55, you get that option to put an extra $1,000 in. And can you kind of expand on how the HSA can be used for investing? Sure. Um, so most health savings accounts, once you have a certain balance, um, either have investment or investment options or interest earnings. Um, so it gives you another way to prepare for your retirement needs. Um, that works alongside a 401k or any other retirement account. Um, and again, as I said earlier, those funds stay there. They roll over year to year. You're not going to lose them. Um, they can continue to earn interest tax-free and potentially have gains from investing, uh, again, depending on your investment options with the health savings account provider that you're with. Um, it's a great way to increase that retirement earnings by investing in your HSA. Um, HSAs are usually managed by a bank and it's an individually owned account. So it's not like your employer health plan where the employer owns the plan, the individual owns the HSA account. And a lot of times we hear employers say, um, hey, this is your HSA plan. It's really that high deductible health plan with an HSA component. So with the HSA, those investment options usually um, usually when you hit a thousand or two thousand dollar balance, the health savings provider will say, hey, now you can pick your investment options. So at that point, you go in, you decide what options you want to choose. Um, there are some fees associated with it. You'll need to check with your individual HSA provider to confirm what the investment options are and what, if any, fees are applicable. And, you know, 
a lot of times an employer will say, hey, this is who we're using for our health savings account. Most employers, um, they while they have the one that they use with their health, health plan, um, some of them will let you use your own choosing. So for example, we have an employer here in town in Lexington, Kentucky, where they offer a high deductible health plan, they offer a health savings account through their preferred bank. However, they let employees, if they want to use another local bank, um, do that. That's just something between the employer and the employee would have to discuss because that's an additional payroll deduction, has to be sent somewhere else. Not every employer wants to do that. So um, when you think about HSA providers and the options that you have, you may be limited depending on what your employer could do. And then on on that note, as far as looking at an HSA from the employer's point of view, what are specific benefits for an employer to offer that plan? Sure. Um, so the employer actually, if they contribute to an employee's health savings account, it's generally not subject to employment taxes. Um, you know, employees contributing to an HSA um, via payroll deduction, the employer's FICA tax. FICA tax obligation is reduced. FUTA taxes, which is the federal unemployment tax, um, are, are lower. State unemployment tax um, is lower. Um, and employer contributions as are deductible by the employer as a contribution to the health plan because it's going into that health savings account. Um, and it also could be a tool for recruiting and retention because as an employer, you have a you may have this average health plan, but if you have a health savings account alongside of it and you're making a pretty substantial contribution to it, that is definitely a recruiting and retention tool. And it's also that retirement income stream um, that employees would have access access to. And the last one, which um, you know is really gonna be based on that particular employer and their claims, is you, we hope that you would have better claims experience and reduced premiums. Um, you know, with an HSA, high deductible health plan, employers are going to take more ownership of their health care um, because there's no office visit copays and no emergency room copays. It's, it's first deductible, no first dollar coverage except for preventive care. And they would have to, um, you know, pay for those out of pocket or with their health savings account. Um, so hopefully, making better more wise decisions about their health care and the high deductible health plan because the benefits are not as rich. Hopefully the premium would be less. I have seen the majority of cases that is true, but I've also seen cases where it's not realized. Again, that's going to be employer and their um, employee census base. Um, I said, I think right. that's the last one, but really it's it looks like um, another one would be you know, if an employer puts $500 into an HSA, that is a very visual dollar amount that an employee will see that's added to total compensation. So if you do like a hidden paycheck or a total compensation statement, you know, that's a line item you can put on there versus, you know, paying $500 for a health plan versus putting $500 in an individual's health savings account. That speaks a lot to an employee um, versus that money going into a premium that they may never see. Absolutely. It seems like an investment into their future for sure. Yes, absolutely. 
And then, I, I mean, I know you've you've talked about a lot of things that are far as the benefits that go to an employee when they utilize these plans. I mean, but if you had to do high level, what are the most important benefits that employees receive once they are actually participating in the HSA? I would think the very first and foremost thing would be that HSA belongs to that employee and it belongs to that employee forever. And again, I've, I've talked about that use it or lose it rule that we hear with a flexible spending account or FSA. That's not true with an HSA. HSA, it's yours and it goes with you where you go. Um, it can also, you know, like I said, we talked about being used in conjunction with retirement to help plan for say, help plan for retirement savings, um, take advantage of tax advantages. That's another thing, you know, um, you've got extra income and maybe you've not put it all in your HSA and you still have room on your contribution limit. Put that money in the HSA, don't have to pay taxes on it. And you can contribute money from earned and un unearned income up to that annual limit. And um, as long as you're covered by that HSA qualified high deductible health plan and are not enrolled in Medicare, you can continue to make contributions up to that limit. The great thing is, is when, let's say you're no longer covered by that high deductible health plan, you can use those monies for not only expenses for yourself, but your qualified tax dependents, which I mentioned earlier as well. And um, it also lowers your taxable income on your payroll, um, kind of the same as employer, the FICA tax, FUTA tax, um, SUDA tax, that federal and state unemployment tax. Account earnings and investments, they grow tax-free. And you can use that money to help bridge unemployment, help bridge for job changes, um, help periods of disability by paying your health insurance premiums or healthcare directly. It can be used to pay for COBRA premiums. Um, you know, I think it's important to say that, you know, you can use HSA dollars for co-payments and deductibles, which we talked about. Um, you don't have to be retirement age to make a tax-free withdrawal as long as it's used for a qualified medical expense. So premiums, co-pays, co-insurance deductible, and it doesn't have to be to the health plan that you got it with. And I think that's something that people um, miss is that, hey, I have a high deductible health plan, I have a health savings account, I leave employer A, I'm just gonna take out my health savings account money and take it with me. Well, you're gonna be taxed on it if you do it that way versus taking it with you to the next employer or the next place or letting it sit there and, and earn income until you're um, age 65. And then once you're 65, you can spend it on non-medical items without paying uh, the penalty. You will pay income tax on the distribution if it's not for qualified medical expenses, but you won't have to pay a 20% penalty. So there's a lot of good, got a lot of good uses. You can also use it to pay for Medicare premiums. Right, and then you mentioned the HSA is like a 401k, but beside the ability to invest, in what other ways is an HSA like in a retirement account? It's a great question. So um, very much like a retirement account, um, the individual and the employer can make pre-tax contributions. Um, and I've mentioned this before, your contributions can roll from year to year. They can, uh, your earnings, your investments grow tax-free as long as you own the account. Um, the HSA can be inherited by your survivors, and I think this is huge. Only the spouse can inherit the account as his or her own HSA without being treated as taxable. 
So I always like to tell people, and I've learned this, I learned this the hard way many, many years ago when the health savings accounts first came out. You need to name a beneficiary on that account because if you just say estate, whoever gets that money after the estate is run through probate is going to pay taxes on that account. And you don't want that right. to happen to your spouse. So be sure and name a beneficiary, name it as your spouse. That money then becomes your spouse's HSA account to use for qualified medical expenses without having to pay taxes on it. Um, and then you can also, um, another way it's like a retirement account is you can balance your investments in your HSA with your other retirement accounts to help balance out and diversify your portfolio. And then can an HSA be used alongside an HRA or an FSA? Um, it, it can, but there are some specifics that have to go along with it. So um, the IRS allows employers to offer HRAs and FSAs with an HSA. However, the FSA has to be limited meaning it's only for medical and, or I'm sorry, only for dental and vision. So you have an HSA that you could use for medical and an FSA, limited FSA that you could use for dental and vision. Um, there are certain other restrictions. Um, you guys also have a limited purpose HRA, which would be the same thing, restricted only for dental and vision. But both, both the FSA and HRA limited purpose, they work side by side with the HSA. So they all have the same purpose. They're putting money aside pre-tax to pay for expenses, but the HSA is only for medical and then your FSA and HRA would be limited to use for non-medical expenses, dental, vision, whatever that may be. Um, it's also a different way to, you know, make contributions. So you can take some pre-tax contributions put in the FSA, pre-tax in the HSA, and your taxable income is lowered. So the, the thing is, you, know, you have to remember though, with an FSA, whatever you put in there, if you don't use it at the end of the year, um, unless your employer has a rollover in their plan document, you're going to lose that money. So Right. And then we briefly touched on it earlier, but it seems like HSAs are really underutilized by employees. I mean, what's your opinion? I mean, why do you think that is? You know, I think a lot of it is, is education or they may not understand how their benefits work. Um, or, you know, it could be because the employer doesn't make a contribution. We see that from time to time, you know, maybe an employer is is trying to offer the best benefits they can offer but in reality benefits is usually the second highest um, line for expenses for an employer so if they're paying for premiums and they're paying payroll and they're a smaller organization they may not be able to contribute to the hsa however we've seen when an employer does contribute an employer takes the time the time to educate and continue education on the HSA throughout the year, not just at open enrollment, you know, it makes it makes a big difference. So, you know, the first year you offer an HSA, employees may be skeptical, they may not understand, they may not be comfortable with how it works. That's why you continue to offer education throughout the year and you continue to, um, you know, point out the good things and the purposes behind the HSA and how you know, employee can take it with them and it's a retirement vehicle and, um, you know, it can be used for, you know, medical expenses and then you can continue to grow that account tax-free. Um, 
you know, it can be a little tricky for someone who doesn't understand um, retirement plans and investments and how that works. So the more that we can do as an employer, as a benefits consultant, um, to educate employees and give them information, the better off they'll be. Um, you know, I think in order to help employees get the most benefit, it's important that employers do take those steps, that they make sure employees understand how the plan works, how to contribute, how to make payments, and if possible, make a contribution themselves. Because again, that's a cash line item that employees will see. Absolutely. And it seems like, you know, the clients we work with, the ones that really put a lot of emphasis on in, internal communication and education for their plans has such a lower loss ratio when it comes to plans and just a way higher participation. Absolutely. We've seen that um, quite a bit. We've actually, one of our things is, you know, you can have really great benefits that have never really been explained. So they're, you're not getting the most bang for your buck versus mediocre benefits that you've gone out of your way to explain and educate people on and you're getting the best you can get out of that. So it's really, education is really the key. Absolutely. And Deanna, again, thank you so much for coming back on the show. You're our very first episode. And just like the first episode, I feel like I have learned a ton from you just being able to participate in this podcast with you. But since the last time you came on, we've actually started a thing here at where we really try to dig into a subject matter for the first part of the podcast. And then at the very end, we'd like to get our get to know our guests a little bit more of the personal side and we feel like it's scientifically proven that the best way to do that is just random rapid fire questions that you were given no warning about. So does that seem like something that you'd be willing to do? Sounds great. <laughs> all right. So we'll start with the first question here. What is your favorite TV series of all time? Ooh, I'm going to say it's similar with a tie. Vikings or Sons of Anarchy. Vikings, probably the whole series. Yeah. I haven't got to watch Vikings yet, but I'm a huge Sons of Anarchy oh. fan, but Vikings looks great. Um, yes, uh, Sons of Anarchy lost me in the last season. Vikings all the way through. <laughs> so when you're not working, how do you like to spend your free time? Um, I spend my free time hanging out with my dogs, my husband, and playing on my iPad. I'm a big um, Procreate fan. I'm not an artist, but I like to pretend I'm an artist, so I I draw a lot of the in the evenings nice. just to kind of stress relief. And then if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ooh, that's huge. Um, <laughs> tough one. For my big superhero family. Um, well, I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to go with, hmm, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> It's a big decision. It's a big it decision. A big decision. I'm going to go with um, Captain Marvel's um, flaming arms that she has. Good one. That's a good one. And then what was Deanna Sizemore's first job? Oh, my gosh. I worked at a um, retail store called Roses, um, and I stocked the health and beauty aid section, which meant I spent a lot of time on my knees pulling um products to the front of the row and putting stuff behind them lots of little products so it was a long time ago <laughs> and then i'm just going to give you two options you tell me which one is better text or phone calls oh text 100 percent. don't call me 
Cooking or takeout? Mm, cooking. Beach or mountains? Mm, mountains. I think I know the answer to this one. Dog or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Would you rather go to a big party or a small gathering? A uh, small gathering. And what's your favorite place to travel or visit? Blue Ridge, Georgia. I've been there. Beautiful place. My cousins uh, own a cabin there, and we love it. We love going up there. So. We're we're going uh, in that area here in July. We're excited. Oh, so fun! Be on the trip. Yeah. Nice. Um, time not being an obstacle, so you can travel through time on this question. If you could see any band or musician in concert front row, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm gonna go with Elvis. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. No one's done that one. That's a good one. <laughs> And then the last question, which is my favorite question. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie. Okay, so you can't laugh. Oh, I, I promise. I'll mute myself. <laughs> um, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. I probably watch it 10 times a year, even not at Christmas. <laughs> Are we talking about the OG version or the, uh, the remake? The Jim Carrey version. There you go. My yeah. daughter just saw that for the first time, like, a few months ago and she was and she doesn't pay attention to my two-year-old daughter yes and she doesn't pay attention to anything she was locked into the grinch she really liked it i'm a total kids movie geek i also watch um there's another children's movie that i watch all the time called matilda and yes. yeah I'm so familiar. Yeah, i have to borrow people's kids to go to the theater and watch kids movies so. <laughs> <laughs> well deanna again thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with us we we can't thank you enough. Um, we hope we you know, we had to hate to keep bothering, but we hope you come again sometime. You bother me anytime. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate it very much. Awesome, and uh, thank you for all our listeners. Uh, this has been the Clear Track HR Podcast. I'm your host Zach Finney, and for our guest Deanna Sizemore, thank you, and we will talk to you again real soon. <laughs>